And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. hard day it's been a series of hard days but today is a very hard day because doc manson um i have to announce here publicly that i have been released from my contract from world wrestling entertainment um yeah is it, that it, why you've been shilling for the network on twitter through buffer for so long desperately because- trying to save my job You've been on the payroll this whole time, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews for uh, for less than actually for for five dollars a month. Uh, I was asked to watch everything. Ah, okay. So uh, for less than you know for half of a monthly subscription. But yes, uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention, Doc. It's been batshit crazy on the Twitter low these last few hours as uh, yeah, I don't think it's really been that crazy I, like Twitter has been but I don't think anything that crazy has happened personally no. no to catch people up in case you know you just got out of a coma or you've been in serious quarantine or you're listening to this 20 years in the future in which case hi in which case, it is April 15th, 2020, and yes. all sorts of shit has gone down. This morning, it was announced in some sort of big conference call that WWE was uh, going to be making some cuts. And uh, sure enough, they have. Uh, a long series of names and more on the way, one must assume. Can I just say that with the exception of... I'm going to say one name. All of these are long overdue. Well, and that's it. You know, typically people are, of course, freaking out because we need Don't want some... anybody to lose their jobs. I'm, you know, that said and all, you know, all that. Yeah. But when is the last time Mike Kanellis was on our television? He's been on 205 Live, I suppose. But it's it's been a while. So, you know, again. Primo. Epico. Well, I forgot. I forgot I, they were on the me. roster. It took me a while to remember who Aiden English was. Okay? Like, he and did I'm not a nice kidding. job on commentary. He did well in that new role. Every year after Mania, there is some number of releases as it's a new year, new stories. These guys just don't fit in with the There was, what I think, an doing. exception last year in that there was really no releases post WrestleMania. We were kind of surprised by that, yeah. if I recall. But that was because they were hoarding talent to try to keep them away from the startup AEW, I sure. presume. Well, and also you've got Raw, SmackDown, Main Event, 205 Live, NXT, and NXT UK. You've got six different shows that need talent to wrestle on them. So, you know, it makes sense that the WWE has all this talent. And now we're living in a world in which the entire wrestling, the WWE system is now based out of uh, the WWE Performance Center. Like, they can't even rely on Full Sail. It is literally this one building is where they have to do all of their work for... Yeah. I mean, I do think it's a little weird because, like, I don't really think the WWE is really that badly impacted by 
um, what's going on right now. I, I, I mean, yes, yes, it, it's seriously affecting their their television product, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still producing a television product, but it's different, right? Um, obviously, they're not making all the money they would have made from WrestleMania this year, which maybe is part of what's going into this. Um, but they were still on track to have like $500 million in revenue this year. So, I, I, like, they're not hurting yet. But I guess, you know, you, you want to um, you want to take steps so that you don't hurt as well as you can, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And some of these, you know, everyone's talking about how callous and, you know, just conniving and, like, how, how much WWE sucks in this thing. Look, there was, you know, you were going to release some of this talent probably anyways. It's not a matter, you know, I don't fault WWE for making these decisions. They do it constantly. Gallows and Anderson, what exactly were you going to do? I mean, they've them? never known what to do with Gallows and Anderson since day one. They have never yeah. once had a run in the company that I thought was worthwhile, except as backup to AJ Styles. Yeah. Like Somebody said, oh, you could have sent them to NXT and they could have been backup for Finn Balor. And I'm like, there's only so many times these guys can back up somebody. They've been yeah. in this company for, I want to say, like four or five years. Frankly, I'd rather see them go to AEW or New Japan or wherever else. Yeah. Let those two guys go somewhere and be something. Yeah. Um. Let's play that game for a second, because I know we don't want AEW to be the place where all you know former WWE stars go, or which is, has which been, is silly if you because will. Because that's how wrestling has always worked. Oh yeah, but let me ask you a question though. Out of the list, and it is a list. Maybe we want to go over the list. I don't know, but out let's of the rank, list, let's rank them. Let's make this the list. We will do I, this show for you, Brandon Banks, but only with these talents. I, I'll do it <laughs> right now. You put that list together. Um, of these, which one, which one would you want to see in AEW? Oh, considering I'm not going to watch AEW, um, it's not Rusev. It's no. not. No, I love Rusev. I want him to go to Japan. Um, it would be, let me look at the list. Or or a tag team. A tag team, I think, is... Drake Maverick. Really? Yeah. Because you need a guy who can talk and add some personality. Uh, you know, I would pair him with EC3, and the two of them would go together. They're apparently best friends already. I'd send them off to, you know, AEW. What about you? Who do you want to see? Um, I would be curious to see... What Zack Ryder could do out on his own. I would be curious to see that. The question is, when? Like, I don't know what AEW is doing. They apparently taped a bunch of weeks of television. They're apparently going to have their pay-per-view as scheduled, because that's what people want to do now, is pay 50 or $60 to watch AEW. Um... But I don't know what they're going to do after that. At some point, they are going to run, unless they're going to tape six weeks of television during, you know, b- before they tape Double or Nothing. 
I don't know how they're going to continue to to work. They're going to have to eventually just go on hiatus for a bit. Now, granted, why, why can't they just keep producing television? The WWE is going to produce television. Why the WWE, the WWE has a place to produce television. There is no AEW Performance Center. What what stadium is going to let these guys in? All you need is is a steel walled building where you can set up a ring and 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 put in some folding chairs. That's all you need. I and mean, again, you don't even need the folding chairs because nobody's going to sit in them, right? So. Hey, I'm all for them doing something. I just you could go to Matt Hardy's mansion and use his ring that he's got outside. Like you could. That would be good. That would be good. That'd Don't be get me wrong. Like I understand different states, different laws, and all that. But like yeah. again, there's lots of television companies continuing to produce live television right now. We have a friend of the show who works for ESPN. He's still going to work. They're still producing live television. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what Sports Center is going to be like because they do like ten or twelve different episodes of Sports Center all throughout the day. At one point, they had the 1997 Spelling Bee on TV. Sure, but you know, I mean, again, the WWE. I know everybody wants to be outraged about it um, being called an essential business in Florida, and don't get me wrong, that's that is silly to consider an entertainment company essential. Um, but really what it means is they're going to be allowed to continue operating and they're not unique. Nobody is shutting down live television production. No one. So what did you expect? I mean, I understand it's closer to sports and sports largely have been shut down. Like I get it, but the WWE and wrestling in general is less sport. No, it's entertainment. soap. You know yeah. what I mean? So it doesn't really surprise me at all, especially given the shows that they've been able to produce up to now. Why wouldn't they be allowed to continue? Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, none of these names come as a surprise. Maybe 31 years where he lives, he could live in like Minnesota. And they're like, look, we're not going to fly you for the next six months back and forth from Minnesota for this. You know, some of these. And the thing that I also think is strange is I know they released some producers backstage as well, but in their conference call, apparently the wording was some people were going to be released, some people were going to be furloughed. furloughed. I don't know that it's clear from this post on WWE.com who's been released, who's been furloughed. Yes, no. I think the talents have probably been released. But like Mike Kyoto, like you said, he, he could live across the country. Can't make it there right now. All right, Mike. We'll see you in six months. In the meantime, here's your furlough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean anything for all of these people. I don't know that they're giving us all of the details as they shouldn't. It's none of our business what business arrangements they're coming to. So no, the the rumor that I saw was that the producers were furloughed. They're not going to fly Lance Storm in from Canada to work TV. You know, based out of the Performance Center, all of those NXT guys, all those Triple H guys, Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, who are there most of the time anyways, they're going to run the show because they're right. there. Yep. So Makes sense. Know. I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think it's weird that Sarah Logan's been let go because she's never really done anything. Yeah. But clearly that means somebody backstage never really saw it. 
with her. You know what I mean? I think she'll, she could go to, maybe she's the one. Maybe it's not Drake Maverick. Maybe she's the one because I don't know about the AEW women's division. It doesn't seem to be fantastic right now. I feel um, like they could use some more names, but that's it. Yeah. Well, and now apparently they're doing NXT tonight, and apparently some of the talents will be let go either tonight after the show or tomorrow. Really? So there, like I said, there's going to be more names coming. Yeah. Uh, again, it, 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 it makes sense. It's unfortunate. Like, I don't mean to come across as callous, but... Um, and again, I do think it's a little strange because WWE as a company is in pretty good pretty good shape right now, it appears from the outside. Um, yeah. But maybe they are aware... Maybe Like, who knows? Their contract with Fox could have some sort of ratings performance clause in it, and maybe the ratings through necessity are lower um, than that clause, and their next year of that contract is going to have 25% of the revenue. We don't know. It could be anything, and yeah. they're anticipating that. Maybe. I don't know. My guess is they know this is going to last for a while. Oh, yeah. You know, I understand Vince McMahon apparently is on the presidential team to figure out when to reopen the economy. But this is going to take a while. Universities will get to this, I'm sure. I saw an article today. Universities are already discussing doing next semester, meaning the fall, online. How long have I been saying that? <laughs> You've been saying it for a very long time because you're a genius. <laughs> they could be. They could. They could literally go until SummerSlam operating out of the performance center to zero audience. And I think they're looking at it and going, okay, if this is our reality for the next four months, we don't need all of these people. We're not doing house shows. We're not, you know, maybe they're going to keep doing main event. I don't know. I, I mean, don't... I know nobody wants to really think about this, but next April, they're not going to have WrestleMania the way you think of WrestleMania. Next April, we will not be packing 75,000 people into a stadium. We will not be there yet. Walk us through. You're, you, are, you have more expertise than I, but you never like it when I call you an expert in any field. Um, <laughs> but walk us through what you think this is going to look like. It's hard for me to predict exactly what it's going to look like, but my guess is we are nine to 18 months away from a vaccine. Things don't go back to normal until we have a vaccine, period. We're, we're, we're just, and it's the same thing as why I've been saying what I've been saying about the fall semester. You can't pack 400 people into a lecture hall. You can't pack 15,000 kids into dorms, which are cohabitated rooms and, and shared bathrooms on every floor. You're not going to be able to do that until there's a vaccine. And there's still lots of questions about that. Once you get a vaccine, presuming you can make a vaccine that's efficacious, which I think we'll be able to, but assuming we get that, assuming we have it and everybody, then what? You know what I mean? This coronavirus, yeah, it seems relatively stable. But once we have a vaccine and there's evolutionary pressure on it to mutate to a new strain, is that what it's going to do? Is it stable or is it not? I don't think we have enough information for me to say that yet. It's entirely possible this thing, we make a vaccine, it protects us against it. And then about a year later, 
just like with the flu, a new seasonal strain comes along. And then we're playing a game where we make a new vaccine every year, and it just comes back every year, just a little bit different. And don't get me wrong, we're pretty good with the flu. We're able to predict what vaccine we're going to need, but it's going to take time, folks. Yeah, It's going to take time. I saw a tweet just while we were talking that said WrestleMania 37 is 50-50 at this point. Like, and again, yeah, I think you're right. They might be able to be like, look, we're going to have WrestleMania, but it's going to be, we're going to be able to have 500 people. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be lime green shirt guy and his friends. That's. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be like it was this year with no audience, but it's not going to be in a stadium with 75,000 people. So, and again, so that's what I was saying. I think they're going to wind up. They were looking at it and going, all right, let's be realistic. Uh, Eric Young. We love you, Eric. If we were doing a regular thing, I bet he would have transitioned into a producer role if that's what he wanted. But it's like, we're not going to need you. You know, Leo Rush, we're not going to need you. Kurt Angle. Sorry. Kurt Angle will have a Legends contract before long. That'll be that. Yeah. I don't see him going to somebody said that. Do you think he's going to go to AEW? And I'm like, no. Have you watched him walk? No. Right. The thing that I think is weirdest about the announcement so far is that Lana has not been let go along with Rusev. Well, you know, are you saying are you saying that because they're married? Are you saying that because she wouldn't want to be like, what's the reasoning behind that? My reasoning behind that is she is not a performer and she's always so it seems from the outside always been one making problems for WWE posting photos and saying things on social media they don't want her saying. You know what I mean? So while she has a role right now with Lashley, it's not a key role. You know yeah. what I mean? No. Well, and again, this is a large group of names, but that's not it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I am currently at 6.01 p.m. I am shocked my boy, Bo Dallas, still has a job. Why? Curtis Axel yeah. still has a job. Why? <laughs> there are more. When you Lars consider- Sullivan still has a job. Like there's, I think we're going to see another day of names, and it's like you know, yeah, you don't need all of these people. They were great, you know. And Did- actually, that's probably part of it is they've probably only given us the names of people that have responded. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they've been adding names throughout the day. That's probably what it is. They've probably let they, – because they said that they were going to send out text messages to people to let them know how they stand. So yeah. chances are they're not responding. They're not putting people's names out there until they're hearing yeah. back. I, I love them both, and I wish they had more chance to succeed. You do not need the Iconics right now. You don't. Yeah. Like, look. Ooh, I would love to see the Iconics. In AEW. There you go. That's what I'm saying. And it's just, it's, whether it's, and again, it's a, it's a rough time to do it because you oh, don't Peyton know Royce. where. Come on. That suplex of hers. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. You don't know where all the other companies stand. So all of these people who are now suddenly looking for work, I don't know the Ring of Honor's hiring. Impact, I don't think, is hiring. I mean, let's be fair. I don't know that anybody's hiring right now. I'm saying I'd love to see the Iconics AW. I was just talking about yeah. Zack Ryder. No, nobody's going to AEW. The Revival, maybe, are getting picked up by AEW right now. But they're the only ones, Interesting if that they got an extra, you know, 
It must have been a, just a separate deal. But yeah, I think there's many more names coming because yeah. whether it's they, they, they haven't talked to him yet or they're just not going to do, we're not going to fire 50 people in one day. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. But again, it's, it's a weird world we live in. If things quiet down, I could see some of these names getting rehired, b- both from a production standpoint and from a talent standpoint. You know what I mean? Rusev could be back in two years if he wanted to be. So, what's been going on? I think Rusev could. Uh The the facial hair is looking good. Facial hair is looking strong. What's been going on in the life of Doc Manson, low these last seven days? Uh, Mostly working. Well, that's not true. Um, Because I took the weekend off and I took the holiday because why not? not look at my computer for work purposes on Friday. Um, so yeah, it was a slow weekend, but I watched some movies. I enjoyed those. Um, getting caught up on a few different things. I'm sure I'll pick one of them as my piece of positivity, although I haven't decided which yet. Um, yeah, you know, still working, still making stuff for this semester, but this semester, I think I pretty much have all wrapped up as of yesterday, I'd say, Maybe this morning. Um, so I'm going to start thinking about summer session because obviously we're going to have it during the summer. So now I've got the other half of the semester to uh, to get right. And then i got to start thinking about the fall because fall, again, I know nobody said it yet. I'm not, I don't mean to speak out of turn, but. It's not happening. I don't think so. We're, there was, that's going to be online. My only real question is, am I going to be furloughed or unemployed when that decision gets made? Um, so I don't have to worry about the fall. So, you know, how much did, work am I going to put in right now? What do you think are the chances that that could happen? Pretty good, I would say, actually. If only because if the state is in a bad financial situation, which of course they are, um, why wouldn't they say... First of all, a lot of my courses are taught by adjunct faculty. So these are faculty with short-term contracts. They're not tenured um, mm-hmm. professors. So a lot of them are probably going to get let go, I would say, first. They're going to turn to the tenured people and say, hey, no, you have to teach because it'll save us X amount of dollars. And then they'll look at my staff and they'll say, well, we're not physically setting up labs, so we don't need any of them. And then they're going to look at me and they're going to say, well, the faculty really should be deciding the curriculum so we don't need you right now either. Um, that's my suspicion sooner or later. Sorry, Mrs. Manson, I'm sure you don't like hearing that, but um, I, I suspect sooner or later that will be the case. But I can hope not. I can hope not for sure. But I, You know, I would say, and this is... It depends how dire the financial situation gets I suppose at the state true. level. Where, yeah, I would think you would be essential, but I'm, I'm not a financial expert nor an expert in... University yeah, policy. I mean, like, there's there's some talk right now that the federal government's next stimulus package being aimed at the states to help them with their budget shortfalls. And if that happens, um, I, I think I've got a better shot, but we'll see. Have you gotten your uh, stimulus money? I have not. Have you? We did, apparently. We got it yesterday. Hmm, I keep looking. So, and, of course, so. the site where you can go and check is not working for anybody. So, of course. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm not like sweating over it, so I'm not too well. No, that concerned. was it. Mrs. Matthews was like, "What are you gonna do with your twelve hundred dollars?" And I was like, "I'm gonna buy all the chocolate pudding there is." Mmm. 
I would suggest just putting it in your savings and holding <laughs> on to it in the off-case chance that you need it. I, I have an emergency fund I would like to boost up a little bit. So it'll, it'll go. go there. I might there take you a, you know, might take $100 yeah. or so for something for me. But really. Checking my account right now. And yes, no, no stimulus funds. Well, I hope you get stimulated tomorrow. Me too. Would be great. In the it pants. would be great if we just ended the show. <laughs> they just decided not to do emails this week. They just they made it twenty four minutes and just ended on a really awkward note. Um, yeah, it's been vacation for us, which is weird because I'm teaching from home. But they decided they wanted to keep the vacation. We normally would be traveling, but that's not really an option right now. So. I've been watching wrestling and doing some other things that I'm sure I'll mention later in the show. But, uh, yeah. I keep getting family. Family keeps being like, oh, yeah, your birthday's coming up. What would you like for your birthday? And I'm like, to be able to go to a restaurant. Can you make that happen for me, please? That would be a great birthday gift. What are you doing for your birthday? Because your birthday is three days after mine, two days after mine. Three, but yeah, okay. I got no then, plans. Then I'm right. Did you know? We have to have talked about this. Did you know that you share a birthday with Brutus Beefcake? No. I don't know that. Did, I have believe we mentioned he is that born before. on the same day as you. Amazing. So I saw that. No wonder I have such an affinity. Well, I was looking forward to that. There's somebody who's born on mine, but it wasn't anybody interesting. And then I looked down to yours, and then I was like, Brutus, No. I must have I must have the day wrong. I must not be sure of exactly when Doc Manson's born. But no, you and you and the beef the beefster. Nice. I yeah. The the wrestling news was all the releases. Uh what else you want to talk about? Because there's not a whole lot going on in the world. Um If you're on break this week, yes. what have you been doing with your time? Uh, well, this was not my piece of positivity, but I'll show you because I, ah, hold on. I lost the earphones and now I'm getting up. Okay. All right. Well, he'll be back shortly. I'm sure. Okay. He's got something in his hand. It's blurred. Oh, it's a binder. Okay. It's a binder of some sort. It's a white binder. Yeah. And here are all, uh, it's hard to see. Your camera is blurring it as though it were part of the background. So well, w- What you would be seeing is three columns of a spreadsheet that dictates um, the wrestling shows in 1997 that I'll be watching. Oh, I saw you were doing some sort of project with thumbnails. Okay. Um, this is the crazy way my brain works all the time. And when I have an abundance of free time, so I was looking at when you go to the WWE Network and you click on Raw, it'll show you a picture. I'm calling it a thumbnail. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, that's fine. Of what's going on. So the most recent Raw. Question. Quick question for you. Yes. I don't know if you've even checked this. If you look at that episode of Raw on a different device, like if you look at it on a PlayStation versus your computer. It's the same. Same thumbnail? Yeah, I've checked it. I've compared okay. the Chromebook to the PlayStation. I love that you're looking for a way to just ruin just this. Just wreck all of your fun. But, um, yeah, well, no. I'm worried about you, and I don't want you to just, you know, waste all of your time in such such. So I asked, as, as I'm going through, because I, I love you. As I'm going through, I said to myself, self, I wonder who 
has been on the thumbnails the most, you know, because you've got your nitros, you've got your ECW, you've got... So I started going through, I've done all of Nitro, but I started going through and looking at the thumbnails and just recording. So as I watch each week now, I add to my WWF list and to my ECW list. I figured out how to make a pivot table that actually makes sense. Um, so I'm just looking. Just it's, it's one of those odd things that I find enjoyment in that no one else probably well, there's some people who do and there's this account at wrestle w numbers wrestle with numbers you think i'm bad like i post i, I posed a question i saw him post something in your honor yes i yeah i uh i posed a question like how many what percentage of matches end in a dq and he was able because he must have a database that he operate that he uses um he just went through and calculated it and provided a bar graph i think you know, he's got like line plots. He's got all sorts of these graphs that I should know, but I don't. Uh, he's uh -huh, uh -huh. he's someone I aspire to be. I, I want to take a statistics class again. I was going to say you'd have to be better at math, I think, yeah, to be him. That's, but no. well, that's it. I've tried to figure out like Microsoft Access to learn how to build my own database, <laughs> and I don't even know how to start. I'm like, I can do a spreadsheet. I figured out how to do a pivot table. That was one of my great accomplishments for the week. Was I'm proud of thank you. you. So, yes, so I'm just, you know, I'm doing that. I'm playing some video games, one of which I'll mention later is my piece of positivity. Um, uh, I've been playing a lot of Gears 5 again. How many besties have friended you on that? Brandon Mack friended me. Good. We've never played together, but. <laughs> um, I've been reading. I finished Stephen Fry's mythology book. I started a book by Malcolm Gladwell. I've been just reading the news more, and I should stop. I, the local news doing has that. kind of you can scroll through, and it'll give you like what's happened today, sort of thing. Um, I'll look at that. It's like a train wreck where I can't look away. I just I always want to see the next awful, terrible thing that our fearless leader is doing. Like you've been, you've been honestly like I, I just I can't look more away. Active on Twitter from a political sense. Like you, I think you sent out something today that was like this is the end of the USA as a world leader or something like that because yeah, they're not funding because they're not funding the WHO anymore, which is stupid. Don't get me wrong, it's dumb. But I mean, that's basically taking standing up from your seat at the world table and going home. That's exactly what that's doing. Yeah, like I, just completely speechless. Just completely speechless. I've been losing myself, I think, more The governor in of Illinois is getting PPE directly from contacts in China because our own federal government can't arrange to provide it for them. Yeah. Like, what? I'm sorry, but United States... I get like the term superpower went out of vogue probably at the end of the Cold War. But like we've always liked to think of ourselves as this developed first world country, one of the world leaders. But we are no longer capable of acting like it, apparently. It hasn't seemed lately. I've kind of always figured it was bound to happen sometime, but it happened real fast. Sure did. So... I guess that's the shocking part of it, right? 
Well, it's the fact that every day is there's a, there's like you said, what crazy thing is going to happen today? And usually there's, you know, obviously there's news. There was news, a reporter, but... I don't know if you saw this, like they, he's been having these batshit crazy briefings every single day, basically, on the coronavirus, where he takes um, questions from the press. And there was this one woman, I think from CBS or something, and he had shown this really weird video, basically this video of all their accomplishments in this current crisis, right? And yeah. the woman watched it, obviously, because she was there, and she asked him basically, okay, so you shut down travel from China uh, in the latter half of January, which bought you time. What did you and your administration do with that time that you bought? And he couldn't answer her. Yeah. He basically said, we did a lot. I will get you a list. She just kept pressing him on it, and he had no answer because they didn't do anything for a month. In that video, it just glosses over an entire month, and that's a video that they put together. Yeah. It, it's interesting to see that people are starting to, at least a majority of people, and I won't say everybody, but it feels like people are starting to, like, there's a group of governors in our neck of the woods, led by future President Cuomo. Um, yeah. That's kind of like, we're just going to take care of this ourselves. And California's got one with some of the Western states, and they're going to take care of that themselves. And I'm like, at some point, we're just going to be like, look, we're no longer one nation. Like, we're just going to become, we'll be, you know, the unionized states of America, but we're all going to sort of be our own thing. Because whether it's lack of ability or lack of desire, you know, things getting done at a world level or at a country level don't seem to be happening. So people are like, we'll just do it ourselves. I mean, don't get me we'll wrong. There is a separation of power between states and government. Uh, I'm sorry, state and federal. And like some of what's happening makes perfect sense. But a lot of it doesn't. It's, it's when... You have someone who is contradicting themselves. Literally sometimes in the same sentence. Yes. Yeah. I've left this up to the states. I'm leaving this up to the states. I'm put. I'm leaving it up to – because what I hear when I hear that is I'm leaving it all totally up to the states so that they get blamed if anything goes wrong. But I have all the power so when stuff goes right, Can you imagine if me. our last president had said that he had – total authority over the states. Can you imagine if he had said that in a press conference? Our Wouldn't have gone well. current president literally said those words. Yeah. He keeps going back and forth. And, you know, <laughs> people are like dying. I know this isn't supposed to be a political podcast. This is the most political we've ever been. It shows you where we're at. It shows yeah. you where we're at. You know, people are diagnosing him. Like, he obviously, whether it's some sort of frontal temporal issue or whatever, it's like he's, you know, either he's just, he's been a BS artist for so long that is literally all he can do. So he's not the thing thinking. The amazes he's, me is that there's people who don't see it. There is a 
significant portion of this country who think he's doing a fine job. Oh, yeah. I saw one of them at the mailboxes today. Giant beard, four bumper stickers on his car, big red hat. I wanted to like... Two of them are my parents. <laughs> what? Now, maybe you don't have this conversation with them, but when you ask how, give me, the, give me what, what has he done that has been so wonderful? Do they have an answer? No. I literally, I had this conversation with my mother, and I literally was just nothing but giving her facts. And she said, I don't agree. And I was like, no, Mom, you can't not agree. This is literally what he said. This is literally what happened. And she's like, well, I disagree, and that's my opinion. And I'm like, no, you, it's not a matter of opinion. But it is. That's what the world has come to. We have lost, and as you as a scientist, this has to hurt worst of all. We no longer, there are those people who don't believe in it. The facts are whatever opinions I choose to believe. And she, it's like, oh, where'd you hear that? In the news? Is that, is that even true? Is that even real? No, I watched the press conference. I heard him say it himself. I literally, it's a primary source. I literally heard this man say this. Yeah. And they won't believe it. And it's just like, Yeah. It says something it's boggling. It says something when major news networks and you can argue what their political leanings are, are no longer covering him. They'll talk about the this immunologist, you know, your hero, um, Dr. Fauci. They cover what he says and then he turns it over to the person who is supposed to be in charge. And they're like, oh, we don't need to listen to this. And I'm like, oh, God. But oh. Seriously, this week he ran a propaganda video. Yeah, I saw that. Like. That is videos like that have literally never, ever been shown at a press conference from the White House ever in the history of ever. I don't know. I feel like Franklin Pierce may have shown some back in whatever that was, 1845. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, we're living in a weird time. And I think that's it. For a lot of people, myself included, I need to lose myself in a world. And so by spending the afternoon talking about, oh, my God, EC3, Drake Maverick was crying on the thing. No way Jose looked really sad. Like, that's what I can get up. And that's what people can get up in arms about, because otherwise you're going to get up in arms of this and you're going to wind up just like climbing onto the roof and starting to play the fiddle because you're losing yeah. your mind. I guess so. I don't recommend my approach. Like I said, I just I, I can't seem to pull myself away from it. And it's driving me bonkers. It really I'll watch, is. I'll watch like some of the, you know, I'll watch Colbert or John Oliver and they talk about it. And that is that is clearly a biased way of doing it. But that's how I need to process this. I can't just I can't just watch the actual thing. I'm just like, it, it I would hurts. encourage. I know we have a lot of UK besties. If anybody's still listening, and I doubt you are. But if you are, just look up some of the transcripts from these conferences. And, like, it's one thing to listen to this man talk, but when you literally read the words coming out of his mouth, he doesn't, he hardly ever actually has a coherent sentence. It, it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. And this is coming from someone who has literally never voted for a Democrat. Did you vote for this guy? I did not. Did you vote for someone else or did you just not vote? 
I voted for the third party candidate, which I know is basically throwing your vote away. But did you vote for Jill Stein? <laughs> no, it was that guy. Um, what was his name? I Something don't know. Johnson. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know who I voted for. See, at I this point, it was the guy who wanted Johnson. to. It was the guy who wanted to privatize the prison system, which is also a terrible idea. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I consider myself fiscally conservative, um, or at least I have historically. But I will tell you, it's not just this guy. I see what this party is now, and I will not vote Republican for the rest of my life at any level because of the way that they have enabled this. Well, it's interesting because from a historical standpoint, the parties always sort of Sure. Just, they keep changing sides. Like if you yeah. trace if you trace the Democratic or the Republican Party across history, they've been the liberal party. They've been the conservative party and they kind of go back and forth. Um, I'm not sure they do that. I, but again, now we could argue whether or not this party system even makes sense anymore. It doesn't. But yeah, I, I, I literally will never vote Republican yeah. again. I and, won't. And I say this having very little confidence in the Democratic nominee. I have almost zero confidence in the Democratic nominee. And to be fair, I don't know that I would have thought I have some socialist leanings. Let me just freely admit that. Let me Um, put it this way. I would have voted for Bernie Sanders. I would have rather voted for him over Biden. But I don't know. I I really am like, come on, Andrew Cuomo. (laughs) Like, get the California governor. Let's 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 get a. I would have loved to have seen Elizabeth Warren uh, win the nomination, actually, but I know that was never really uh, a possibility. It's, it's but it's just it is funny how quickly I have gone from a fiscal conservative to this just isn't right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just it was one thing when I there was a time when I think I could have had a conversation with you when I said, yeah, OK, I understand that some of the ideologies of the Republican Party are shitty. But let's face it, those sorts of ideologies, 50 percent of the country disagrees with them. They're never going to be able to force any of that stuff through. Sure. So who cares? But after seeing this and, and what that party has decided apparently is acceptable. I just I can't anymore. I literally cannot. I yeah. won't. No. no. I've been I've, complicit. I understand that, but no more. Yeah. No. I was an independent at first because I didn't know when you're 18. I would say I, think. I was. I would say I'm probably was always historically more independent. I registered Republican just so I could be involved in a, some primary process. Yeah. It's weird. You know, you get to vote at 18 and. Most maybe a lot of kids know where their political leanings are. I had no clue. I didn't know what it really meant to be a Democrat or Republican. I'm not even necessarily sure. I still do. Liberal and conservative make more sense to me. But um, but I was an independent, and then after a while, I was like, no, I do want to be able to vote in the primaries, and I'm clearly much more of a Democrat. But have you considered the Libertarian Party? I have. Um, I could see that. I could totally see that. Just leave I, I me would alone. say that. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Let I would say a lot thing. of what they have to say makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but I think I've gotten to the point, honestly, where, okay, if we're a developed nation, if we're a first world country, if we are the wealthiest nation on this planet, how can we not afford to 
to bring up the poorest members of our society. There are other countries in this world who do this with less resources, less money, less wealth than us. There is no excuse for why we have as many homeless people as we have, why we have as many people unemployed, why we have as many people as we do without health insurance. And frankly, I, I think it's unacceptable anymore. Yeah. I, I, the conversations that my wife and I've had are like, this is just broken and I'm not sure how you fix it. Like it's we're, we're yeah. too big to fix both the problem and the country itself is too big. Like it's hard. To like, f- let me tell you, like twenty five billion dollars to bail out the airlines, the airlines who last time they received a bailout, they used all that money to bake, to buy back their stocks and increase their profits. And now suddenly they don't have a runny day fund. And now the government have to step in again, corporate socialism and bail them out. Why are they too big to fail? Can somebody please explain to me why an airplane company, why, why, why they are too big to fail? Can you tell me why? Because frankly, I think Delta should go out of business. I think American Airlines should go out of business. I think all of their planes should end up in a government auction somewhere, and someone should be able to pick those planes up for pennies on the fucking dollar, start their own company. That's that's the free market. That's If you want to talk about free market, that's how you do it. They weren't fit enough to survive. They go away. Somebody else steps in and fills the need. That's the free market, people. Thank you for joining us on DDT Politics, which yeah. I believe is the, <laughs> the title the of this episode. episode. ever. <laughs> uh, would you like to go to the emails? Yeah. Would you like to well. continue this? Uh, no. We've got three emails as of now. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Brandon Banks wants to know, where is spring? Snowing today and some accumulation. If I didn't have to go out into the world and into work, I probably wouldn't mind so much. But since I do, this weather makes me sad. Good news is, though, just two days from when I send this, a new episode of DDT drops. Can't wait. Keep up the work sent from my iPhone. I'm sorry, Brandon. You don't know. We might drop this tomorrow. I probably will, actually. But in all fairness, also... This probably isn't the episode of DDT that he was hoping for. I think a lot of people listen to the show because we don't talk about this bullshit and they want to, like you were saying, they want to get away from this. They want to have some yes, escape. But at the same time, I think people have been invested in us. If you're listening to this, you have an investment in the people that are hosting this show. So hearing them, t- again, listening to yeah. you get emotional <sighs> and passionate about things, it really doesn't matter what the topic is. It was uh, well, it was fascinating. I want to buy I you guess. a plane. Um, Thanks. Plus, Brandon Banks, uh, I've released seven episodes of the Tournament of Nerdiness, and I haven't yeah, yeah, heard nobody, you talk. Nobody listens to those. I, I know. Nobody's listening to anything. I know now that I can log on to Pinecast, I'm like, uh, these numbers are bad. <laughs> Maybe there's other ones, but. They're uh, not but, terrible. They're, they're, those numbers are okay. I Bosk, mean. Round know. two. Uh, sorry, I'm on the wrong window. Hello, DC and Doc. Here is round two. Did he send okay. two? Oh. We're from playing last cards. week. We're playing Cards Against Humanity. Got it. Yeah. Uh, here is round two. Sad to hear about the releases from the WWE today. Doc, hopefully going to catch one take of Dead tonight, if the wife would like. Took in It Chapter 2 this weekend. It was a fair ending. Anywho, best to you and yours. Here's to getting back to business, Bosk. One cut of the dead was really good. I don't want to say too much about it. Um... But it was really good. 
That might be my piece of positivity this week. Maybe not. It was real good, though. Uh, I hope you. I hope you take it in. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, are you reading the black cards or the white cards? I can do the white card this week if you like. All right. So I pick one of these. Okay, this will go. This will go. Uh, well, my plan for world domination begins with blank. All right. Uh, let me read my topics here. My my answers. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, I've got two good. My plan for world domination begins with Dave Attenborough watching us mate. And I'm talking about us, DC. I'm talking about us. For science. Things we I, do. I'd love to have that, that monologue over, over the entire um, series of events. I'll have you know my other top option for an answer there for my plan for world domination begins with was freaky pan-dimensional sex with a demigod. That was probably the one I would have picked. Yeah. Because that's going to get, that's gonna get you. That is couldn't help. That's going to get you some world domination. The final email comes from the bestest of the besties, Glenn. Sorry. Hi, guys. Yeah, sorry. With everything going on and then all the future endeavors at WWE, I totally forgot to do my review of night two of WrestleMania. Just enough to say, love the Firefly Funhouse match, and it was my second favorite segment of the two nights. Sorry as much as I love The Fiend, I'm still a taker mark. Be healthy and safe, everyone, Glenn. WrestleMania was like 10 days ago, and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it happened months ago. Yeah, and don't be wrong, I like Taker probably more than The Fiend overall, but that Firefly match was just so out there. We have seen brawls in odd locations before. Sure. We have never seen anything like the Firefly Funhouse match. Like, I don't remember ever seeing anything. The closest thing I can come to is, like, when, you know, they do, like, the Rock and Sock Connection did This Is Your Life. Like, we literally went and saw the past and the present and the NWO version of John Cena. So, it was it was something completely different. And that is always good. Uh... You mentioned potentially a movie as your piece of positivity. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, so I've watched a few movies this week. I've Let me just bring up my Instagram. This is how I remember what I've watched, because I basically just put them there. Um, so I've watched One Cut of the Dead, an excellent Japanese horror film, um, in which basically there's this independent you know, low-budget crew filming a zombie movie in this old, like, abandoned warehouse. And, of course, while they're filming their low-budget film, uh, real zombies show up, right? The cool sort of fun part of this is that, literally from the title, One Cut of the Dead, uh, the whole the gimmick of the film is that it's all presented as a single take, like the camera never cuts away. Um, so it's just this big, long one take. And it's just um, it's really well done. 
And if we still live together, DC, this is a movie I would make you watch. Um, There's comedy in it, and it goes places that I don't want to spoil, but if only because I know someone who listens to the show is planning to watch it, but it, it goes places that I think even where would one find it? Is it shutter? Um, it is on shutter. I think that's where I watched it. Um, is it anywhere else? I don't know. I watched it on shutter though. So, okay. Yeah. Cause I have time. Like I would watch some of these movies. Yeah. But I do think something would be missing in the fact that we would be. Yeah. Fair enough. We would be with David Attenborough. Yeah, we would. This is how it works, right? This is. Oh, yeah, that's that's how it works. I okay. also watched Train to Busan, which is a South Korean zombie film, um, takes place basically on a bullet train. And this movie was also excellent. This is, is very much a straight up kind of a little gory zombie film, but. It's just it was really, really good. It's got a real strong human story to it. And it, the, the writing is very smart. They're playing with character archetypes that you've seen in zombie films before. But even though they tease what those character archetypes, like they they go different places. Like they're they're playing with you because they know you know, but they go different places. And it was really satisfying to watch. Um, and another thing that I thought was really cool about it. And there's something that you maybe take for granted or you don't really think about most, um, movies, obviously at least ones that the mass audience watches are produced in America. Right. And so zombie films almost always, uh, what do you do? There's zombies and inevitably your main characters get guns, right? They get weapons. Um, South Korea, they don't have guns. That's like not a thing that you can own there. So it was real interesting to see this film where like that layer of protection, like in movies, it's just like guns just, you know, drop out of nowhere. Suddenly everybody's fully. So not having that element in this film was also it probably you probably wouldn't even notice it necessarily. But as somebody that watches a ton of these films, it was super refreshing that like that just never really entered into it. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, we don't need to dive back into the politics, but I think it's great that there can be countries that just don't have guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also watched a movie called Braid. Like the hair? Like the hair. Yes. Um, and this movie was, I, I again, I thought this movie was awesome. It was just a total head trip. Of a movie. Is it about um, hair that comes to life and kills the people that... No, it's about these... Well, it's about three women, really, who were friends when they were kids. Um, but they've, you know, grown apart or whatever. And two of them are on the run from the law from a drug bust where they were... They had a bunch of drugs. They were selling drugs. So they travel back to their hometown with the intention of... Um, rooming basically with their old childhood friend and they're going to rob her because she's very well to do and she has um, she has some mental issues um, and, and the thing that becomes apparent is like there's this game that they used to play as children um, where one of the girls is, the, is a doctor the other one is this other friend's daughter and then the friend is mother and it's just, so they, they walk into the house the one girl's like, hello, mother. And just you see, you see like that character just change 
to like she's now in the game you know what i mean and it's this really weird sort of thing where like it's like this weird improv thing where people say stuff and then like it has to happen as part of the game you know what i mean and it's just this weird sort of drug fueled but like it's trippy it messes with your mind it's the sort of movie that leaves you with a headache but you really really appreciate that headache when you're done you know what i mean I think the problem is you're watching the news, and then when you're not watching the news, you're watching these sort of movies. I guess, but these movies are really good. Braid, I thought, was really, really good. I think you need at least two episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force a day (laughs) just to sort of give your brain something else. Okay. It's Meatwad. (laughs) Yeah. I also watched the South Korean film The Wailing which is a two-and-a-half-hour supernatural fest, basically about this cop in a small town where bunches of deaths keep happening, and there's, like, this illness going around. He's trying to get to the bottom of it. It's a possession South Korean thing. Real slow burn of a movie, but I, I enjoyed that one also. So your piece of positivity is just a movie review of everything you've seen this week? I watched Ty West, The House of the Devil. <laughs> Uh, A 2009 film that's set in the 1980s. Mrs. Manson had no idea that it wasn't actually made in the 1980s. It was that well put together. Um, Again, slow slow burn film. It's about um, this girl who gets hired to babysit at this house out in the countryside, basically. It was filmed in Connecticut, um, Torrington area. Uh, and she gets to the house and finds out that she's not babysitting a child, but she's going to be babysitting um, somebody's like mother, an elderly woman. And they just tell her it's no big deal. Just she's pretty independent. We just want you here in case there's an emergency. And it's mostly just this girl in the house. And it's it's again, it's real slow. Um, obviously, the house of the devil. I think you can probably tell what the movie's really about. Um, again, just really well made. Really well made. 30 minutes, 37 minutes or so of like just this slow setup and build before the first act of like intense violence. But when it does happen, it's just all that build up. It was it's, it's just so shocking that it, just, it happens so suddenly. Like it's just it really well put together. Like it, it really just plays with you and it just goes places from there. Like, um. Yeah, one of those was one of Ty West's, that's probably like his third film or so. I don't know. He's never really done anything mainstream, but he's done a bunch of real fun sort of slow burn films. And that one was real good. And after that, I watched um, Satanic Panic, which was, again, just following on the same theme here, right? A Fangoria-produced film, uh, now available exclusively on Shudder. It's more of a horror comedy. Um, that movie sucked. And that was the last one I watched. I don't recommend Satanic Panic. So, kind of like if Kevin Smith made a horror movie, lots of dialogue, it's supposed to be funny, didn't really come across that way. Jerry O'Connell. In this movie, did someone get turned into a walrus? No, but somebody does die from being impaled on a giant mechanical drill strap-on. Okay. Well, that was Doc Manson's seven minutes of his piece of positivity. (laughs) I think if I had to choose one film, it's probably Train to Busan as the best film of those. Uh, But I really enjoyed One Cut of the Dead because of the places that it goes. So, sure. Yeah. All right. 
um, I decided I should play some video games since I'm on vacation and have some more free time. Uh, PlayStation Now had Vampire, which is a game I've talked about before, so I downloaded that. I've played a little bit of it. Too so scared? Far, it's not that it's too scared. It's just I also bought No Man's Sky. Oh, okay. So and I've only spent – I'm on like I think six and a half hours or so of it because I, I just – neither of these games are games that I totally like lose myself in for huge amounts of time. But I am enjoying the aspect of No Man's Sky that you're rarely going to run into someone that you know if you're playing solo because there's just so many different places. Um, I like the collection aspect, kind of. It gets annoying because I think I have more materials than I did. Did you ever play No Man's Sky? Oh, yeah. I, I played quite a bit, and I think I talked about it on the show. The thing with No Man's Sky is um, when it first came out, it was very lackluster. Like People, I think, generally agreed that it was a very chill game to just sort of play and just sort of veg. It's real relaxing. There's not a ton of action. But that game has been added upon and added upon and added upon. There's been some huge updates. And like when it first came out, there was no multiplayer. It was impossible to run into somebody you knew. Um, but now that exists. Um, now there's base building. Yeah. Now there's um, like – there. It used to be the space stations that you could go to were, like, almost completely devoid of any sort of life. There was almost nothing to do there other than, like, play their little stock market type thing. Um, so, sure. like, that game has been very seriously updated over the course of the past, mm -hmm. I don't know, three, four years. Yeah. Well, and again, I love there the vehicles down there. It used to be vehicles. Like That's it. I, I just made it to the Anomaly, which is this... Death Star yeah. sort of spaceship thing. Um, so I know there are vehicles. There's also apparently an exosuit that you can wear. Okay. Um, but again, I you know I'm enjoying like all right. I'm gonna. It's just know, real mines and, chill. I feel like, and I think that's why I like it. I enjoy the fact that there's not a sense of urgency. You know, I want to like get more stuff. I built a you know I have a base. I built a little house, and then I was like, I see no reason to have this house. Like, there's no purpose right. to it. I could decorate it, I suppose, but there's no benefit None. to it. I want I want a save point and a teleporter, and that's all I want. Yeah. So, but again, I'm enjoying it so far. I don't know how much, you know, it's one of those things, like, I play it twice a day for, like, maybe 45 minutes, and then I'm like, all right, I'll move on. So yeah, Gears Five yeah. now has this horde frenzy mode. So it's basically like that horde mode I like to play, except you basically it's only twelve waves instead of fifty, and the whole game only takes about half an hour to play. So as sure. opposed to sometimes two or three hours, so it's a nice change. But uh, that's mostly what I've been playing and leveling yeah. up new characters. You know, I forgot about PlayStation Now. Like I should go look and see because there's tons of games on there that yeah. you know that I'll probably track down, but trying to enjoy not being able to go anywhere when I can. So we went all over the place on this show. We went to places we usually do not go uh, here on DDT politics. Welcome to the forbidden zone. There we go. That could also work. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there'll be more going on when we talk next week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be, I would imagine, some more releases and more things that have happened in the world of wrestling for us to break down. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? 
If you'd like to have your thoughts right in the air, send a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Listen to our back catalog at www.ddtpod.com or, of course, your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, especially this week, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the podcast lights on, and we surely appreciate it. I predict we'll get some positive feedback for what we said on the show. We'll see and about that. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Stay safe, stay healthy, and until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs>